When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. So, um... So what? Excuse me. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so there was an article in Elliot's favorite <laughs> magazine, Them Magazine. Not a, um, it's not a magazine. Digital. It's digital. not a magazine. It's, not, yeah, it's like a website. I mean, I think it says... <laughs> Then it's them magazine, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a it's like a digital oh them dot us, a website, you're right? Um, are they owned by anyway. Grinder or did I make that up? No, I think them is owned by is it NBC? Oh no, it's Condé Nast. Condé Nast. Oh, Condé Nast. Oh, Condé Nast. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fun. Uh, so uh, this, this article was talking about how queer performers are starting to take over the ranks of independent wrestling uh-huh. and as someone who watched grew up watching wwe i've subsequently learned from friends of mine it wasn't called that then wrestling. was it it, it was called WWF. wwf yeah but it transitioned to e in like the early 90s or something i think it was a long time ago uh but i have friends who love wrestling and in fact we have friends that uh, uh host a wrestling podcast that talk about all the like independent local and amateur wrestling leagues um and even like the japan has a bunch of wrestling leagues um so anyway so so this is all to say that uh i don't think queer wrestlers are quite invading the wwe yet um but they are invading indie wrestling and it kind of doesn't surprise me uh that wrestling has the potential to appeal to gay audiences mm-hmm. um, because it's a lot of things that gay people like. It's a soap opera. It's campy. It's over the top. It's acrobatic. And it's, it's usually like, really hot. It's yeah. like dudes who are like oiled up, barely yeah. wearing anything, like wrestling each other. It's yeah. so gay. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Was, there were some was, quotes from the article, but I, I don't know. I, I was texting I feel with like a, it's getting the weeds. I have a friend yeah. who is a professional wrestler. Oh, and not the WWE, but like in the I don't know what I don't know the levels. Um, yeah, but he's he's a straight man, RJ oh. City, but he's the gayest straight man you'll ever ever meet. And oh, wow. uh, he he loves the Golden Girls, which is how we connected. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, 
and I was texting with him about this recently, not not about this because this got brought up, but just in general about wrestling. And he was saying that like wrestling is kind of just like male drag in a lot of ways. It's very performative. It's very flashy in a lot of ways. And that there are a lot of LGBTQ uh, wrestlers sort of joining, not, not necessarily, mm-hmm. I guess, the WWE, but like I'm sure they exist yeah. there, but also yeah. in a lot of other areas where they the promoters and them are, are sort of sort of putting them into the mix in a really sort of interesting way where they're wrestling straight wrestlers, very masculine straight wrestlers. And that's creating this really interesting conversation mm. about sort of, you know, showing different audiences, especially wrestling audiences that like a straight man fighting a queer wrestler is not like a gay thing. It's actually pretty, yeah. it's fun to watch. It's and, just, and, it's like, and, and the, and the a, queer a wrestler sexual. isn't going to get a boner, you know, exactly. Right? I mean, he, yeah. He's not Elliot Glazer. He doesn't, I mean, the just, real like, problem is like the TV people and the people who, the business people who sort of make it an issue, but like, you know, promoters and, and queer wrestlers there and wrestler, the wrestling community in general is, seems to be pretty open to the idea of more queer wrestlers. In the yeah, mix. I which, feel like which, they're moving towards that. And we've seen a little bit of that in like the mainstream, a little bit, right? Like in the mm-hmm. in the mainstream WWF or E, whatever it's called. WWE. WWE. Yeah. I don't know if there are any out uh, wrestlers in the WWE. I'm definitely not an expert. Um, it's also, aren't they owned by the McMahon? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, which, is, right. which are very they Republican. They were in the Trump right? administration. Yeah, like, the, yeah, yeah. Linda McMahon. Uh, but my friend, my very good friend who's really into wrestling, when he talks about it, he's basically describing a soap opera. I mean, there are yeah. months and year long storylines. There is obviously good and bad sides. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people shift from good to bad and bad to good. And and it, I mean, it's it's a it's really is to me soap opera first straight people i mean yeah i guess all people but like you know i would say the audience is probably predominantly straight we had dan black on a long time ago right we had dan saint germain on he was technically our first guest dan black yeah right yeah so dan wrestles and does like wrestling a character mm-hmm. and dan saint germain is like i believe friends with vince and they're just like yep. wrestling fanatics yeah <clears throat> and like learning about it's just to me it's very funny because learning about the soap opera of it all yeah, made yeah. it to me, it feels in its own weird way. It's almost like parallel to the Drag Race universe. It is. You have competitions. You have all these characters. You have, you was, know, comp- yeah. I was so obsessed as a kid. I was so obsessed with the sort of drag performance element of WWF wrestling. Yeah. Um, and in the way that, like, I it was, it was just, it was just, it was a soap opera. It was fun to watch. Like when the Undertaker yeah. came out and like did that crazy shit you guys, with the coffin. Just for the record, you Do weren't you... scared of it at all? Okay. <laughs> no, only well, you would be scared of it. Only Elliot. Well, I no. do. Alan, do you remember this? I do feel like this is one of the, like, the big, like, the preeminent wrestling 90s moments was the Undertaker locks someone in, the, in a casket. Yes. And the <laughs> casket, like... And they couldn't get him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I guess I guess they established the announcers established that you know you can't breathe in a casket. So I remember as a kid being like, "This dude's gonna die. Someone's <laughs> gotta do something." I mean, it was like a big deal for me. Yeah, I I don't I didn't I don't remember necessarily that because I was always just like, "What if someone dies?" Like, yeah, I was right, sort of like right, right. I was so in the drama of it. There was this. There, there were the Valentine brothers or something where they wore like pink underwear and it was very porny in the yeah, sense yeah, that yeah. they were like attractive with long hair and stuff. And they yeah. weren't actually yeah. brothers, I don't think. 
And it was, oh, it was ahead, really sorry. interesting. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was yeah. going to say, like, in the article, they named some of these these wrestlers, and <clears throat> there's a bunch of them on the site, Outsports. Um, yeah. And they named this one wrestler who I'm like, she sounds incredible. Her name's Dark Sheik. Oh. And it says, nine years after founding Hood Slam Wrestling in 2010, the Georgia-born wrestler of Iranian descent came out as trans after a match, announcing mm. she'd been taking hormones. This year, the self-described Persian trans wrestle buddy who cosplays in the ring as mm. she- um, Samus, Phoenix, and Sheik, all from um, Zelda, I believe, mm, yeah, okay. um, turned heads with a ridiculously violent death match against another hardcore legend. Mm. And, but just the idea that like this is that like she has found all of this identity in the fucking wrestling ring yeah. is like, yeah. I just find it so cool it's, and it's inspiring yeah. and, and unique and, and, uh, um, and really just, it's just a really interesting it's probably way to take it. Also one of the rare sports, if you will, even though a lot of the wrestling is like fake. So I, sure. it's hard for me to call it a sport. Yeah, there's still certainly acrobatics. I think that's, well, yeah, there's certainly fair. acrobatics, yeah. but like, you know, they're not, they're not choreographed. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, like one of the queerest, sports in a lot of ways maybe besides like female golf like i can't think of like a very queer uh-huh. sport that's more accepting in a lot of ways more it's it's common to see sort of openly queer people maybe in some of these spaces because of mm. the type of sport it is like basketball the w- wnba wnba yeah, yeah. okay wn the, the of course women are leading the way always i'm just saying like it's a i mean that's a it's like rosie o'donnell's like the mascot for the wnba is she really no, but like remember when they oh. came out, she was talked about it constantly. I didn't know show. that. I don't yeah, remember that. Oh yeah, she's all I remember there. is on that little like that boat thing. What are those things called? Where you're like you know you you the ski not ski jets. You, you, a water ski? Yeah, well, it's not a water ski. It's like a it's like a you're boat. Cold. You, you're getting. I don't know what it is. No, you're not getting yeah. cold. But she drives around the water oh, yes. in, the, in that thing. <laughs> yes, in Miami. All the time. Yes, like yes. literally every photo of her from the <laughs> yes. '90s in Miami was her on one of those goddamn things. Yes, with like Gloria <laughs> Estefan holding on for dear yeah. life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's Rosie's like Miami life that mm-hmm. yeah. confirmed that she was a lesbian while she was yeah. on TV without actually confirming it. Totally. Did you guys? Did you guys ever find <laughs> when you were kids? Did you guys ever find wrestling erotic at all? Oh God, I still do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! I don't god. think I did as yeah, a kid. Yeah, I was too. genuinely scared of it. Um, I, yeah, but I think as an adult, it's like oh, the, I mean, the fucking the Miz is like, ooh, it's like your number one most attractive man Miz. in the world. I love I when they the when they like those, I called the Miz those professional. I, there was um there was a website once a friend sent it to me and I was like this is just too weird. But they adjust the coloration of like you know like professional like olympic wrestlers or whatever you know what i mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on the photos so that you adjust the saturation of the photo so that you can see the outline of the dick better or something i don't know there was a whole website devoted to that and for a hot second my friend was obsessed with it and i was like this is gonna i'm gonna obsess over it so i'm gonna put that aside and not yeah the ultimate irony like the ultimate irony of all of this and, and aside from the pro wrestling is like even though I, as a child, was terrified of the WWF, it's like there are straight, like our friends, like that both Dan's and Vince, yeah. like mm-hmm. these are like straight men in these raucous crowds, like cheering and screaming for men who essentially have like worked out their bodies and shaved and yeah. waxed to yeah. look like yeah. gay porn stars. And are grabbing people nuts. by like the crotch and yeah. Yeah. dropping them and stuff. Yeah. It's wild. It's you so still watch, hot. Um, Turkish wrestling, Brian? I oh. used to watch Turkish wrestling. Where they grab I... down the pants and shit? <laughs> they do. It's really yeah. weird. They literally put their hands 
I went through, I went through like a six months, six month phase where I watch a lot of Turkish <laughs> wrestling on YouTube. And I mean, it, it, I mean, the guys that are doing it are insanely hot. And yeah. it's like kind of cultural wrestling. It's, you know, it's yeah. like grappling really, but they do this move where they like, I, I don't know if it's to get, it's to get a better way to hoist someone or I don't, I don't know, but they literally will put, like, what are they uh, grabbing? Wrestler A will put his hand down wrestler B's pants, like the front, the front? of his pants. Yeah, yeah. it's very weird. I'm try- I, like, yeah. I, I, every time I see I it, I try to think about like the physics of it. Because if you stick, I mean, if you if you grab someone by the crotch, but they have the clothes on and stuff, like between the legs and stuff, at least you have the, the clothing that they're wearing right. to help yeah. you sort of get your grip yeah. on them. But if yeah. you put your hand down their pants, presumably they're going past the balls and dick. Yeah, so that means they're having to go for like scooping the taint, scooping the taint, basically, <laughs> yeah. which is so, which, which is near the butthole, which scooping. then becomes a whole other. Yeah, video. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's very it's very it's How very many weird. accidental butt slips, butthole slips. Just there's, I don't think I've seen buttholes, and they're so oiled up, but you wouldn't they, know that's, because that's they're grabbing underneath the pants. They like olive oil themselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and, it's perfect and, lube. And, and weirdly enough, in in these videos that I would watch on YouTube, every once in a while I would see Elliot in the background. You can oh. kind of see him in the back, just grabbing yeah. his nipples, just yeah, yeah, squeezing yeah. his nipples a little bit. Bros. <laughs> Not even joking. We're here with Kevin Zach, um, actor and br- brilliant. Um, I don't know what would you call him, visual artist. I mean, did you kind of fall into the way your memes and the way you? You're big on Instagram. You're so mm. funny <laughs> on on Instagram. It's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, you know, I hadn't thought of the word meme until my friend Tim was like, "You do all these memes." I was like, "I, I guess they are memes." But my friend Christine also called me a content clown. Yeah, oh, for sure. That That's works. perfect. That is perfect. I like better. So yeah. your your Instagram handle is just your name, right? Yeah, Kevin J. Zach. Z-A. Kevin J. Zach. And I mean, it's it's sort of like um, queer cotton candy in a lot of ways because you use sort of like you, these 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 women that I freak out about often. I think of the three of us, I'm probably the queerest, most flamboyant, crazy one here. Who, uh, if yeah. I saw, for example, one recent one that you had that was so spot on, so perfect, so brilliant after the first episode of And Just Like That when, <laughs> when Big died, and 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 spoiler alert, you know he's dead. But when Big died, you posted like the next day or something. I don't know Jessica Fletcher with just a quote being like, "It was the Peloton," and it was <laughs> it was so so perfect and so uniquely queer. Well, I like to say, and and I'm, and we'll let you speak in a second, Kevin. I'm sorry. I just have, no, I have I, to. I just give me the praise. I'll listen for a half an hour. It's nice. <laughs> see, I think you see. I don't think it's cotton candy. I think it's like you. You're like area of interest is like gay like it's like gay adjacent like it's mm. it's not dead on it's not like on the nose not like britney yes yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. it's like a little bit ancillary you're not doing like bottom <laughs> memes you know no, what i mean you like you know you're like, a bottom <laughs> if yeah. no there's like i'm gonna just a little i'm and not to give away too much but like your wheelhouse tends to be nicole kidman's accent yeah. um a little christine baranski which you're wearing a shirt that says christine baranski now we have to say Literally. But, but like a cool like 70s shirt with like 
copper font that says Christine Baranski. It's, not I like that's iron on, yeah. Yeah, totally iron on. You love, I've seen a lot of <laughs> memes with Meryl Streep in doubt. <laughs> and, and anyway, and and um, and Alan's favorite, Jessica Fletcher, a lot of murder she wrote memes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious, how did you, you I, I believe you are like an actor, full-time actor, but this, did, how did this sort of come about? Uh, I mean, it came about with, with a, uh, the onset of the pandemic, really. Mm. I I um I was a th- mainly a theater actor before, you know, COVID started, and um, had been living in New York for the past eleven, twelve years, and luckily working consistently. And mm-hmm. um, and then March twenty twenty happened, and like so many people, the next year of work I had evaporated overnight. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it like was work that was like no it's canceled it's not coming back sort of yeah thing. like my show was on hold it was closed so it was yeah. like that was it and i was like oh shit i have no skills <laughs> that, that's oh no yeah. and i was you know i was sort of making a gear shift <laughs> for the pandemic i had was working on waitress the musical and i had moved into the uh, choreography team Mm-hmm. and sort of getting behind the scenes. And I had also written a musical that mm-hmm. had been optioned and was supposed to go off Broadway fall mm-hmm. of 2020. And that was called uh, Bloody Bloody Jessica Fletcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you she- wrote that, right? Yes. Um, Murder, She Wrote parody. Mm-hmm. Murder, She Wrote. So that's just in my DNA. Right. Yeah. Then I you need to talk about that. But- mm-hmm. Oh, please. Yes. Anytime. Anytime. I have so many theories. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. She's a serial um, killer, but go ahead. um so then the pandemic happened and i you know i had kind of also reached a breaking point and what i wanted to do uh, i had always enjoyed writing more and then i wrote the musical i was like that was way more fulfilling than anything i've done on stage Mm -hmm. and so i was like i sort of gave all fucks away and said Mm. i'll just start making what makes me laugh yeah it caught on um Mm -hmm. luckily oh what's your first like the thing that i feel like went I don't know if viral is the right term, but the thing that I noticed first was your <laughs> gay deadlines. Okay, yeah, no, that that the first thing that went was actually because of Nicole Kidman. Mm. Oh, what? She started, she started reposting the stuff I would make about her. Oh my God, because you're so <laughs> relentless with, I mean, it's not mean, you're just like make, poking fun at her accent. Well, the first thing it was had, it was centered around the undoing and her coat. Yeah. Right, that coat. And her wigs that she yeah. wears. And so she <laughs> yeah. one of the wig things that I did. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, it's so funny. And <laughs> I, and then, you know, I got a bunch of followers from just Nicole Kidman's universe. And yeah. it kind of spiraled from there. And gay deadlines came along at some point because of uh, just basically Disney Plus is like, well, we're giving a backstory to, you know, Chip's half stepbrother who's right. a teacher that's still on the cupboard for the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So there, it just was an easy, easy joke that you can yeah. sort of- and I, Let me, I wanna, yeah. I just should explain that like, it's a little, I guess it's a little inside, but that's what makes it so great is Deadline is like a very standard industry website that announces projects and That and people whatever. will literally give blowjobs just to have something have on them app. about yes. Deadline. Like literally and, it is insane. And, 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 and this, sometimes yeah. things have been, have come out since where people will message me being like did you make this up because now it's actually happening yeah mm. it's so weird what like like what 
Uh, mainly stuff on Disney Plus. Oh True. God! When they're like, "Oh, they're making a Willow TV TV series," oh. and it's oh like, God. "Did God. you uh, did you call you know Finn Wintrock, Kevin?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Willow. So. Did game? you? I I have never just keeping on Nicole Kidman for a little bit, just because I recently please, I recently please. saw um, Spider Man, and she's not in it. It's just not. But the beginning at the AMC theaters, they have that commercial with Nicole Kidman where she's slowly oh walking God. in and looking at the screen, and it is like I have never. Like people, that is people laugh at that. People were laughing when I saw it. People were laughing. It's so funny to me that people Hmm. find that so funny. What do you? I mean, have you done anything with that? that? I know. I haven't. Have you seen it, Kevin? I haven't done anything with it because it's it takes care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just to Phil Brenton, it's just an intro at like the AMC or something where she walks in. It's just a quick thing of her being like, I love the movies or whatever. But she's able to look at the screen. But she's like alone. It's so uncanny valley. It's so odd. People were laughing out loud. Her face doesn't move. It's it's an ad about the the emotions you get from movies on a face that doesn't have Have, emotions. Have you you noticed, not to tangent at all, have you noticed Jennifer Aniston, every commercial she's in now, her face is like blurred? Yeah. Yeah, you should watch The Morning Show if you want more interest in it. It is a fascinating watch. I love her so much. I do too, by the way. And she's she's, bananas. It's like written by an algorithm. I'm sorry, I've never... That, the second season of that show is the like I'm addicted to it because it makes absolutely no sense. No sense. No sense. It's like it was written by yeah an algorithm. An algorithm. And it's it's the most crazy things it can. The most famous actresses that we've yeah. ever had and just being like this is what's happening. Although I, Reese Witherspoon, I've had a beef with Reese Witherspoon ever since she won her Oscar. Which a uh-huh. A should have been for supporting and B uh. it should have gone to Felicity Huffman for for Trans America. I'm just saying. No, you're right. You're absolutely I am right. But oh, I know. All the Nicole Kidman stuff like I absolutely adore her. Yeah. Like a deep part of my core. I Same. think an incredible actress and an, and I do think she is from a different plane of existence. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Have you is. seen Being the Ricardos? I haven't yet and I can't I, am I hear she's great in it. Dying to it's like the twist of the season because it was such a joke when the when the trailer came out and there were so many memes. I don't know if you did anything but there were so many memes about Being the Ricardos and now like every review is like this performance is mesmerizing. This performance is mm. amazing. It's like kind of mind-boggling. Mm. So she- she plays yes. Lucille Ball and it's done well. It's like good. That's what reviews good. are saying. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of excited to see it. Anyway, sorry. We're getting mm. we're getting into Kevin, where like I mean, you Elliot, you're right. It's not necessarily queer, but there is sort of a queer the I mean, are, forgive it's, me if asking, are you a gay man? I think you are. Me? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm okay. gay. Look at, look at her shirt. I didn't want to assume. <laughs> I didn't want to have that be that time on the podcast when you thought someone was gay and they weren't. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so that's what I'm asking now. Um, and it was... No, yeah, it's, it's, I, when people, some, a lot of people, and I shouldn't say a lot, I, I get a lot of messages of people suggesting things yeah. for me to do. Like, wouldn't this be funny? Right. And it will always be something to do with Real Housewives, which I have right. never seen. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll have to be with Brittany, who I, don't really follow and you know she probably does need a little help here yeah and there. sure yeah but See, so it's I like you're absolutely is... right i don't the the main stuff i've never hooked into it's always been the kind of twisted stuff 
Yeah. Well, what's funny too is that Brent is somebody whose interests he has really like no interest in anything particular like on the nose gay campy but if yeah. you two actually connected over stuff i think there would be a weird venn diagram jamie lee is. curtis Enya, <laughs> yeah. Lorena McKennett, yes. susan yeah. sontag, yes. um, sontag. <laughs> but but a lot of it does scream alan there's a lot of gene smart in your yeah. stuff and gene smart i can i can i tell you kevin i have been talking about gene smart for years 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 like before, like I have loved Jean Smart since the Dolly Parton episode of Designing Women, like that, and that's and I was an eight-year-old child watching it live on air, and I, I, it, it was it's life-changing to me. Jean Smart, though, I want to give you a little moment. I was once in Iowa for John Edwards' um, presidential campaign. I was not working on it, but I was there. My friend was working on it, and Jean Smart was supporting John Edwards, and they had they worked it out for Jean Smart to call me to call me on my cell phone. <laughs> oh so my I have God. saved on my phone, Gene Smart's phone number. I don't know uh, if she still has that cell phone number, probably but does. I have it, I have Let's it in my phone. Let's find out funny. right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just going through, I'm just going through your Instagram page and literally giggle, giggling to myself. <laughs> there's like, there's, I mean, Brent talks about Diane Weiss and like there's literally yeah. a poster for Weiss Side Story. There's a poster for If Then with a D. <laughs> Zell and Pennywise the Clown. Like the cross section you, you, you have is so funny. But Mike, I have a question, which is you're so, you come from the theater world and I feel like the theater world is famously humorless or it feels like a lot yeah. of theater, theater actors just don't have the kind of, the this, this sense of humor you have. And, and I wonder if, that, if that's a thing that you encounter or if I'm completely off base, like how does that feel? No, that that kind of makes sense. I I grew up in Buffalo, and I mean, I had no connection to show business whatsoever. Like, no one in my family. I'd never been to LA. I didn't get to New York until I was in my late teens to like even just see a show. Mm -hmm. So, like, my basis for how show business worked. I I mean, I was still figuring that out well into my late twenties because I just had I didn't have the research. The not the uh the resources you know even at the college I went to it was very very closed in and so like I kind of went into theater because I thought that was the avenue you go mm. into for really anything so it's the most accessible yeah you know you look online and see where auditions are and you can show up that was mm -hmm. like that's you had backstage you can look in backstage and be like oh I know where to at least start mm -hmm. yeah so I would say you know there's a sect of theater that does weird shit that I tend to fall into. Like I did a parody musical of Silence of the Lambs that was oh. called Silence. And um, <laughs> that was an absolute blast. And I mm. could have done that forever. So, and then, you know, I did do commercial shows like Waitress and Cats and stuff like that. You but did Cats? Oh, oh my God, Elliot. <laughs> yeah. You were in Cats? I was in, the, well, I, I was in the national tour of Cats back in <gasps> 2010. Wow. Holy, who did you play? I was a swing, which meant I covered five or six cats. So Were you the, uh, did, you, did you cover the Rum Tum Tugger? Oh, did I ever? Oh Kevin, my God. Kevin, I have to tell you that <laughs> Elliot has a very, for musical, I am a musical theater fan. I love musical theater. 
Elliot has some opinions on musical theater that might not sit with you. No, it's kind of on mine. I think they will, believe me. I, I'm a fan of musical theater, but I, I have made the sort of conscious effort in the past three years to be like, how, how do I... How do I reckon? I yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. And, and that's it's even just as a... Theater. Yeah, even just as a fan, I feel like... I mean, I grew up in Long Island, so I was a lot closer to the city and whatever. It's this is boring, but like whatever. I grew up seeing a lot of shows, yeah. and and was into it as a kid. And then as an adult, I feel like honestly, <laughs> honestly, becoming friends with Brent <laughs> sort of changed the trajectory for me. And I was like, wait a minute, like the artifice of musicals. It like I don't know when, but it just kind of like sullied. It all just fucking sullied. And so now I'm at a place where it's like. I went to go see um, Caroline or Change uh, oh, yeah. when I was in New York uh, last month. And that show he is like- He didn't like it. It's a Tony Kushner winning, like it's a huge hit. I didn't dislike it, but I was How? just like, it because- I have never heard anyone say something critical about dis- Caroline or I Change. I did not dislike the show. I'm just saying- I get that, it. It is not the usual cup of tea, Caroline yeah, or Change. I yeah. guess that's it. And, and I'm just like, and, and again, the, our audience has heard this a million times, but the show come from away i have seen uh, brent and i honed in on when i saw a video of it on the view uh-huh. and i was like how is this cats i can cats exists in like another galaxy i can yeah. get on but, board with it <laughs> please sorry let me let me throw please, this out please, just because please. i literally uh my my dear friend uh one of my few friends that listens every single week to the podcast is like messaged me recently being like, you guys sure do bring up come from away a lot. <laughs> um, but I, I will say we had another fun discovery recently, which is Elliot sent me a link to a video of uh, the performers of the new Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh musical. yeah. And it's Mrs. Doubtfire dancing with a vacuum cleaner yeah. in on like the set of like the today show. And it is so, so funny to me and it's so outrageous that any adult sorry Kevin, i'll finally let you talk it's outrageous that an adult would like would pay money to see that well anyway sorry go ahead what are your thoughts i have no i i love this i could hear you guys talk about it for hours (laughs) it is true come from away if you see it live it does make sense but when you see it on tv (laughs) no kevin We saw it live. This is where Kevin, you and I are in agreement. Yes, Yes. it's so bad and weird and offensive (laughs) and smug. And it's like 9-11, I can't, I'm not not gonna go into it. I have have heard friends call it the 9-11 hoedown. Thank you, thank (laughs) you to your friends. (laughs) But I I personally do love this show. And I I have friends who do, yes. I understand what you mean and I, Definitely understand the Mrs. Doubtfire stuff, Brent. <laughs> so yeah. how do you wreck it? Yeah, where does that, how does it like it come doesn't, together for you? It doesn't. That's that's kind of where I've been like, okay, how do I, how do I make what I can do work in the long term? Yeah. Sure. And, and, and also my skills are so very limited, but- <laughs> Not true. What I can do is like, okay, I can make these quick jokes yeah. in five seconds. And I, you know, and, and, and it has opened a lot of doors. I good. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, also what you do in terms of just, I mean, I haven't seen your musical parodies, but like, I will say that like the basis of so much that is great about musical theater, I think comes from comedy and comes from sort of musical parodies and how 
some of these shows, like, you know, you doing a Silence of the Lambs parody is like so theatery, but yet also really, really, really fucking funny. Just the idea yeah, of it, or Jessica Fletcher. Musicals, right? Exactly. Like, parody, like usually parody shows, they, they joke what the original source material is, yeah. material is, and they also make fun of musical theater itself. Yes, yes. Yeah. but it's not, um, uh, what's it called? Forbidden Broadway, which is like jokes about Broadway. And it's like, yeah, I don't it. want that. That's the review. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like Silence the Musical made, you know, uh, lovingly sent up the movie, but also there was a dream ballet. Right, yeah. well, sure. Yeah. You know? Do you also mm -hmm. have a background in graphic design or are you just good at this stuff? I taught myself Photoshop. Okay. Wow. wow. My brother's a, an editor and I was like asking him, I was like, I should probably learn to do this myself if I'm going to ask him to do things every day. So I taught yeah. myself and I, it's, it's, I love it. It was, it's fun and it's easy. And I, every time I think of something, I do it right away or I'll forget. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if it doesn't make me laugh twice, I'll, I won't put it up or I'll take it. If I'm like, eh, that's not that funny. I'll take it down. Like, there, there is one that I do want to ask you about before we wrap up. That is a personal love of mine. I love watching her music videos because they're so like, they almost read like a, like an Amazon, like instructional video. You know what I mean? Her reactions. It's Reba McIntyre. You, you love <laughs> oh my Reba McIntyre. I love Reba. Here's my, my impersonation of Reba McIntyre is just me. And I have, I have, I have lots of stuff in my lips, so I can't do her lips, but it's just mm -hmm. like, she has no upper lip. Like, her, yeah, that's right. There is, yeah. a, it's like, you do it really well. Yeah, I can't yeah, do yeah. it. I can't do her upper lip. I have too much stuff in it, but they, what is, what is it about, Reba, particularly were and also were you a fan of it's one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, Reba. Reba. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I, I remember watching Reba when it was on, and actually uh Melissa Peterman just started yeah. following me the other day when I did a Reba post and, and wow. she to Reba and everything. And yeah, I, I mean I think Reba is a, a country superstar, and that's she's kind a of queer country icon. Yeah, she's just like, if you think of the two words country and superstar, which are unrelated, yeah. and put them together, and then you have Reba McIntyre. Yeah. She's the colonel at KFC, but she's also a sitcom star, but she also is fancy. But right. she, you know, I, I love her, I, but she is, she's another anomaly. Yeah, like, not so totally. We're going to have another generation of Reba's or Nicole Kidman's. Yeah. I don't think we're heading into, I don't people think people have the longevity anymore. Mm -hmm. Superstardom. Yeah. Because you can, you know, everyone's a reporter now. Everyone right. Yeah. Things, but like Reba's been around since the early '80s. Nicole's been around since the early '90s. Like she mm -hmm. took a song about surviving, a sad song, a sad song, and she made it the theme song of her CW sitcom. <laughs> like, how? Who else could do that but Reba? And it's a single mom who works two jobs, and she. Yeah. Did not work in that show and literally all she did second season yeah she never worked she was re she did the real estate for a minute but she really never worked all she did to make that song more like poppy theme songy is in the second season in the first season it's still sad in the second season she added a hey <laughs> at the very beginning and she that's added all. a hey she, yeah. <laughs> yeah if you if you listen the first season it's all like it's all very sad but then the second season it starts off and it lights and she's and she's doing these like things where she'll move her head real fast hey <laughs> yeah. well, i can hear it in my memory right now and her yeah. head like cocks to the side yeah that and that that no lip smile i love it thank you so much for doing this i'm sorry i we i just geeked out um but your stuff is so I'm, funny. Thank so funny. You. So nice to be here with you three guys. And I'm 
I've are you in this. LA? Are you in New York? I'm actually in New York, but currently I'm in Toronto. Okay. Oh, nice. Oh, are you nice. in Cats again? Never. No, God, no. <laughs> I'm practically a quadriplegic after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously people should follow you at Kevin J. Zach on Instagram. Um, yeah. Is there any other, is there a website you want to plug or anything like that? No, that's kind of, if you want to go see where, you know, what I do. Yeah. It, out of there so it's yeah. so good love it well thank so you good. again and thank have you, a kevin. have a great holiday thanks kevin thank you guys too and another thing okay all right okay okay all right, all right. Good. okay okay good. <laughs> so my buddy uh jonathan he had posted on his stories and i just kind of blew my mind because i never thought about it the way he did about ruth bader ginsburg has become sort of a a liberal lion for the left, a very much a symbol for liberalism. And sh- her face in sort of, you know, death is on a lot of things. Even when she was alive, her face yeah. was adorning a lot of t-shirts and bags and different things. Beer cozies. Yeah. yeah I mean, literally she just became the liberal symbol for liberals yeah. to wear out, to show their pride, uh, which is great, whatever. But my friend Jonathan pointed out that that RBG's sort of face is also on like Christmas ornaments and like, you know, Christmassy items and Christmas things. And like both of us, you know, we're both Jewish and, and she, she, she literally is arguably the most famous, the most culturally important Jew in U S history, probably the highest ever to hold any sort of office in U S history. And, and to have her face on something that is like Christmassy just feels kind of icky and it's a, it's a it's a little weird it's yeah. a little weird it's like you know she she was very proud about being jewish she was she talked about it a lot and it just it's it's uncomfortable i think for some jews to maybe see that i don't know what do you think elliot is the well Jew? wait let's yeah. let's fact check this was ruth bader ginsburg jewish Wikipedia <laughs> page uh it has been confirmed on wikipedia so no, yes she was elliot, do you see ahead. that elliot like the, yeah i mean i guess at this point i'm like I feel like Etsy has its own like RBG section, probably, you know, their own vertical. But I, I I guess it doesn't really bother me, I guess, in the sense that when I I don't think she would be bothered by it either. I don't think she'd be bothered. It doesn't really, I don't know. It doesn't really bump me. I think only because I feel like in the past couple of years or so, I've come to understand Christmas as a almost like deeply um, like, uh, uh, non-religious yeah. Um, yeah. holiday at this point. Like, I don't know, growing up, I certainly <clears throat> I certainly felt separated from it, but always wanted to be a part of it. And as I've gotten older, I love to be part of anything Christmas. Yeah. But it does feel, it, it, although it feels very like Goyesha to see a Ruth, to see an, an ornament with her face on it. Yeah. At this point, I just feel like Christmas is secular. And, mm. and I would, I feel like anything's kind of, anything's up for grabs at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. it might be weird to see like Topol or something on like a, <laughs> on like a Christmas ornament or something, but with someone like RBG, it's Topol. She's, <laughs> she's like a very um, <laughs> American symbol and doesn't feel particularly like Jewy to me in the way that, I don't know, Netanyahu's face would look weird. Yeah. Him. For reference, Topol was in Fiddler on the Roof for a lot of right. people. That's right. That's don't right. For who not who everyone Topol who is, is familiar with <laughs> the, the yeah. soundtrack to the. Or ja- like Jackie Mason, another <laughs> weird name to see on a. on a Yeah. On, yeah. Just another face to see on, on an ornament. But I don't know. She, she's sort of transcended that to me. So I what never you, really. What do you think, Brent? 
like what do I think? Uh, See, whenever I bring up like, RBG with Brent, I know like even in the text chain, it becomes RBG is a symbol for I think oh, a, a lot you. of a lot of problems we are in now for a lot of yeah. people who very much wanted her to step down during Obama's administration, and now the way the shape of the Supreme Court is because of her passing during Trump's administration. We are in some precarious situations, particularly with Roe v. Wade or other sort of liberal yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, and you could sort of argue that it's her legacy is because of that in a lot of ways. Uh, you could and I would. No, um, I, I mean, look, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan uh, of RBG. She deserves to be, you know, a, a, a liberal lion like people. Mm -hmm. I, I think she deserves the accolades and the credit that she gets 100 uh, percent. But at the same time, there is just a certain reality to the life, you know, the, the country that we find ourselves in right now, which is we don't, we didn't need a six to three mm -hmm. uh, conservative majority. We could have avoided it if she had stepped aside anywhere between 2009 and 2015. Yeah. We would have replaced her with a fairly like-minded judge and some of the quotes that from her from that era, including a quote in the New York Times, are really arrogant. And th that also frustrates me. There was a, a quote in the Times, I'm forgetting exactly what it was, but uh, when she was asked about her retirement, she said, do you think the Senate could confirm someone as, you know, as good as me, uh, in essence, sort of saying, yeah. could the Senate confirm someone as liberal and as, and as open-minded and as accomplished as me? Do you think they and, could? Uh, I mean, probably not, but like I would, sure, I would certainly rather have an, an Elena Kagan than an Amy Coney Barrett. Um, yeah. Who, I mean, who, by the way, who I don't think is a monster, but she's just really conservative and yeah. she's going to, she's going to be, you know, a, a conservative vote for fucking 30 years. And, and that's, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know how to divorce RBG from that to a certain degree, despite respecting her endlessly. Wait, so who, both uh, Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan, who did they replace? Did they retire? Did they, they didn't yeah. die? Did yeah, they? Uh, 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 so Sonia Sotomayor uh, replaced David Souter. Yeah, who retired. And El uh, who, who retired. And Elena Kagan, I believe, replaced John Paul Stevens. Yes. Who, who also retired. Yeah, so I mean, even considering if there was a third person to step, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg did step down amongst those other justices, considering what happened with Merrick with Merrick Garland in in 2015 and everything that sort of went down, I do think there's some argument that she does she does have you know an argument to make that like that Senate at that time, even if she stood stepped down in 2012, wouldn't have given Obama three liberal justices and Elena Kagan and, and Sotomayor certainly are very liberal. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think the argument, in fact, I, I know, uh, you know, Obama invited RBG to lunch at the white house. Yeah. Uh, and this is, this is, yeah, that's right. This is in his book. This is very unconventional because, uh, the executive branch very, very rarely tries to intercede in the judicial one, but he basically sat, he had lunch with her and he was like, you know, we're going to lose, the Senate next year, this this being, I think this was 2013. So yeah. they knew they were going to lose the Senate in the midterms in 2014. So he said, if you want, you know, 
I, of course, I don't know how he said it, but in essence, he's like, well, if you would like to be replaced with someone like-minded, you might want to retire now. Yeah. <clears throat> and of course she ignored that. She ignored that. And you it know, does suck because now we have, you know, uh, Comey Barrett up here sort of, you know, saying that an option for women who don't want to have a child is adoption, which of course, yeah. yes, it's an option, but it's sure, yeah. not an option for yeah. a yeah. lot of women. And yeah. And it shouldn't be an option. They shouldn't have to go through something like that. And you can make an argument. I don't necessarily, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily make this argument, but you can make an argument that the reason why that conversation is even happening is because of RBG. Yeah. I remember when she died, you like, I was like, you, you, Brent, you particularly were very upset about not her, not so much her dying, but like the, the, you know, the path that she made for Trump to just appoint more conservative judges. And I was like, Oh my God, like let the body, let the body uh, cool. And then, <laughs> but then it was like, so it made so much sense. And it's, I mean, here we are. It's, she I, died at the worst time possible. It, worst was, possible it, was, time. it was the worst possible time. And, and look, she almost, you know, God love her. She almost made it, you know, uh, yeah. and we wouldn't have had to worry about it five months later, but yeah. ultimately, How you know, quick was that she had a hit. It was like 30 Let days. me also throw out. <clears throat> yeah. Let me also throw out. She, I mean, she didn't just, it, like Scalia died of a heart attack very suddenly. Yeah. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, was in her third bout with cancer. She had had pancreatic cancer in, yeah. I believe, the late nineties. But Brent, she and did had those been... push-ups. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and uh, and and she had, I think, a second bout in the aughts or something. Yeah. And so it, it, I think that's the other reason why. I, I, I become a little perturbed with the situation because you're like, this wasn't just someone who was like, hey, I want, I'm a spry, active person yeah. and I want to work until I choose to retire like mm -hmm. Scalia does. And then, you know, they just pass away in their sleep or whatever. This is someone who had a history of, of pancreatic cancer and was in their mid to late 80s. And the irony of it all mm. is, you know, at a lot of these sort of rallies or, or, or protests outside the Supreme Court sort of trying to save Roe v. Wade from being basically dismantled, a lot of those people are probably in RBG shirts or wearing RBG yeah. Christmas ornament earrings. And the whole point, the whole reason you could argue that they're out there is because of RBG. And yeah. it's it's the it's sort of the irony of like the whole reason they're protesting is because yeah, of RBG. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the irony is like they 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 they'll wear this woman and honor her memory, which they should, because her memory is a huge yeah. blessing to the US and to Jews. But that said, <clears throat> arrogance, I think you could argue, is yeah. why we are in this situation too. Didn't so you, it's, didn't it's, you almost get in a fist fight with somebody at a party, Brent? I didn't get into a fist fight, <laughs> but I thought a woman was going to hit me in oh. 2017. Oh, really? Right. right? At, Alan, I called you that night. That's I was right. So upset. You did. Yes. I remember and this now. I was at a party and I was chatting Ow. with this woman uh, and, you know, Trump had just won. And I was like, you know, I'm just really frustrated that RBG didn't retire. Mm -hmm. And uh, during Obama's two terms and this, I, I saw her lip start quivering with rage immediately. And, and then she's like, excuse me. <laughs> and then we, you know, we proceeded, look, it, it's like, and, and quite frankly, I don't know where she is these days, but I, I won that argument. And I, <laughs> I still think of her every goddamn time. I'm sure she of course doesn't remember me, but like, oh, I won that remembers. argument. Yeah, I won that argument. Like, like, you know, uh, uh, it, 
it the worst case scenario happened yeah and uh and we did we don't have to be in this situation i've already said it yeah um but yeah we got into an actual shouting match and i think someone or our argument and i think someone else at the party was like i thought she was gonna hit you yeah i think megan said that (laughs) yeah wild yeah um do you think that she has an RBG ornament? And is there any world in which you would have a John Roberts ornament? Oh, <laughs> I would. I would have a John Roberts ornament if there was a picture of him shirtless. Quite uh-huh. frankly, you should. Do, have you found no, one of those yet? No, I don't, I don't think they exist. He is. I mean, I've said it before on this podcast. I just want to clarify to our listeners: John Roberts, Chief Justice John Roberts, sort of the moderate ish republican yeah, heavy ish yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah chief justice is a very handsome man yeah you always say very he's handsome for his age for his age years old yeah <laughs> and Brent's sex fantasy frankly, is turkish wrestling with john roberts <laughs> he is a larry glazer type he is very yeah. handsome <laughs> oh! very handsome okay. easy on the eyes okay. we're done much. we're done with supreme how Court. dare you <laughs> What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I have an Antonin Scalia Christmas tree ornament. <laughs> she doesn't, let's be honest, she does not know who that is. She only no, cares she about Trump and politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly right. That's yes. far too sophisticated for her. <laughs> right. Um, my Aunt Joanne would say, uh, have you ever heard of Goldberg the wrestler? Goldberg? Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> How about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, RBG is a Supreme Court justice? I thought it was a symptom of IBS. No, oh, that's right. That's right. It does sound like a stomach problem. It does. It I have sounds a bit of like indigestion. I've got a little RBG right oh, now. Yeah. But we should take a moment just to say to everybody, happy holidays, happy, happy new year. Holidays. And we will be back. Uh, on the happy sixth Hanukkah in the January. new year, happy we'll be back Hanukkah. in the new year. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Hanukkah passed, but thank you. <laughs> but I, happy I just, year. I want you to know, I, I support you, you guys. Know, yes, you know what it and is. And <laughs> I, I know I didn't get you any Hanukkah gifts this year, but I am, you know, I'm free and. And I'm, I'll, I'll, you can come over whenever you'd like to bring me my Christmas gifts. <laughs> we should, we should thank the listeners for a year of, you know. COVID Zoomness um, most yes. of the year and, no, and how I don't, wonderful I don't they've been throughout that. the whole ride. <laughs> no, and Alan. We I love our listeners. Don't they don't send near enough nudes, but we That's love right. them to this we day. We actually, we would, we would prefer more nudes. We would prefer more nudes. And yeah. We would also prefer Perform. more yeah. markers and free things that people would like yeah. to send we can us. Send us. We will rate your dick or butt. Uh, anyone who wants Alan's home address, just DM me and yeah. say you will send us stuff for <laughs> yeah. free and I will tell you where Alan lives. I mean, I give it out like tissues. <laughs> you do. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy right, holidays uh, and Elliot, thanks to the listeners and everybody. And Elliot's um, um, uh, twisting his nipple right now, so he really <laughs> has to go. He, I, he can't <clears throat> stop. That's Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And somewhere, somewhere is H. Alan Scott. <laughs> somewhere. Hello, I'm here.